I know we've talked about this in the past, but it's too important not to bring it up again. Getting paid. As women and business owners, getting paid is one of the biggest challenges we face. You deliver the work you've been asked for, so why is getting paid so tough? For me, it starts with invoicing and having the right tools can be a game changer. Have you heard of FreshBooks? It's cloud accounting software that basically does your invoicing for you. And on top of that gets you paid two times faster. And yes, it's really easy to use because it's made for busy women like you. FreshBooks lets you create subscription-based billing and put it on autopilot by saving client credit cards in FreshBooks and billing their recurring invoices as they're created. Overall, FreshBooks helps you face big challenges like getting paid so you can focus on growing your business. Right now, I'm offering my listeners a free 30-day trial of FreshBooks. No credit card required. Just go to freshbooks.com slash my taught you and enter my taught you in the how did you hear about a section. Hey guys, this is my leak. This is the My Taught You podcast. I am back for round two of my summer refresher series. I have really been enjoying the feedback from the first podcast, Refresh Your Hustle. I've spent the month refreshing my hustle. The last 30 days, I have really buckled down on a new routine. Uh, That was really something that I felt was the was the root of all of the sort of issues that I couldn't seem to get a handle on. My routine was completely out of whack after I had the baby. I kept trying to force my new life into my old life's schedule. I don't know how many of you might be doing that and you might find this helpful, but I kept trying to do things the way I had always been doing them and then getting frustrated when things weren't working out or frustrated or disappointed and not even thinking to just change the routine. I will admit I live a somewhat rigid life as it relates to being scheduled. I do everything by the calendar. I've always just ran my day one particular way. It is effective. I am very productive and I don't know. I couldn't see outside of myself for so long. I knew I'd have to make some adjustments after I had the baby, but what I realized after 15 months of running myself into the ground is that I just didn't know how. And so as I began to do this series for you, I also am doing it for myself. And so that's a lot of what my podcast has been over the years, sharing things with you that have helped me get to the place that I am. And so, I mean, 15 months is a long time to go before the light comes on, but the light co- the light came on and I'm sharing that. And so it doesn't matter how long it takes as long as we get with it. So I took some time over this past month to push my start time back a little bit. I started my day at the same time for the past four or five years, and I don't know why I felt like I couldn't start later. I know why. I felt like I couldn't start later because I now know that I have to end my days earlier. Before I had a child, I could work as long as I wanted to. And so 
if I didn't do something during the day, I always knew that I could tie, I could tie things up after dinner. And now knowing that I have to end my day when the kid gets home, because I do want to spend time with him since he is gone during the day. And then I want to have to make his dinner and then there's bath time and bedtime. And so I know that there is a window of evening time that I would typically work that is just gone. And so I think I was not... I don't know, maybe putting some pressure on myself or just kind of beating myself up like you can't start later and in earlier. Uh, but you know what? I can. So I can because I have worked all of these years to perfect my process and move quicker. So the bigger conversation that I had to have with myself is if you've been doing the same thing for almost eight years and it is still taking you the same amount of time to do those things, you might have to have a conversation with yourself, sis. And that is the truth. It's like, okay, I had to have a conversation with myself of like, you can get this done in a shorter amount of time. But by starting my day later, I have a cushion built in now for rough nights or rough mornings. Uh, before when I'd keep my day as it was, and if I happen to be up all night with the baby or the morning just gets crazy, the first thing that I would do would be to neglect myself, neglect any of the things that I planned on doing for myself. So if that was getting a workout and working out just does so much for me. And I just kept kicking that off the table. It's like, okay, I can't make it to the trainer because I'm so tired and now I have to start my day. And I would just do this time and time again. Uh, pushing my day back now gives me the grace that I need to have a good morning. And I have found that having a good morning means I have a good day. And just like anything else, I am building up that be good to yourself momentum. And so if I work out, then I eat well, then I'm moisturizing my skin, I'm doing a face mask, I'm doing a body scrub, like I'm just snowballing all of these incredible things for myself that just make me feel good. And you know, the work is the work, it's always going to be the work. So I have worked out more in the past 30 days than I have in the past 20 years just by refreshing my schedule, you know, which was sort of like the symptom for all of the problems that I was having. So enough about me. I'm going to get into this new episode. Uh, I plan to do more, but as I am refreshing my life, I'm also having to focus. And so I thought I'd be kicking these things out like, you know what, boom, you get another one, you get another one. But I am also doing the work and putting my head down. And so here we are. I want to kick this topic off with a quote by Margaret Wheatley. Relationships are all there is. Everything in the universe only exists because it is in relationship to everything else. Nothing exists in isolation. We have to stop pretending we are individuals that can go it alone. We need people. I realize at a pretty young age that I needed to focus the majority of my energy into learning how to not only work with others, but establish and maintain relationships with people in order to succeed. At my first full-time job out of college, I was an assistant for a very busy Hollywood, Hollywood executive. 
Her phone rang all day long and her calendar was filled with coffee meetings, phone calls, fancy lunch meetings, dinners at Michelin star restaurants, meetings for cocktails at gorgeous hotels. Day in and day out, she was busy meeting with people. She'd meet with industry friends, colleagues, clients, you name it. As my career began to blossom, I took a few pages from her book. As a single woman with no children, I made it my business to work on relationships after work. I started by having drinks one night a week with my coworker, Gina. Gina was incredible. I just spent a few minutes on Google trying to find her. She has a teeny tiny footprint online, which doesn't surprise me. Gina was stealth. She'd zip and whiz around the office. She was a little older than me, but had quite a bit more work experience. She was also an assistant like me, but in my opinion, was the best one in the office. You'd never get to work before her and she was always the last to leave the office. I knew that by getting to know her, I'd get better at my job and in my career overall. I also knew that getting to know Gina would mean I'd have to stay late at work. My day was supposed to end at around six o'clock, I think. And when I'd reach out to Gina to grab a drink after work, she'd say, sure, let's go at eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, Gina? And then seven o'clock would come and she'd say she may need to push to 8.30. Something came up, but I hung in there. Each week, I'd head over to Kate Mantellini's. It used to be a staple in Beverly Hills. I believe it closed in 2014, but there I'd be a 20 something year old black girl from Inglewood sitting at the bar amongst Hollywood executives ordering drinks I'd never even heard of learning to not only get comfortable in my skin but in my place in the world I continue to work on conditioning myself to believe that I belong everywhere many of the letters in my inbox and Instagram discussing the challenges that you have with relationships over the years sound like this I'm reserved I feel like I'm boring. Everything intimidates me. I am not confident. I don't want to come across as opportunistic. How do I network while remaining authentic? How do I build personal relationships at the nine to five without getting too personal? I don't know how to approach potential girlfriends without feeling annoying. How do I take meetings past the meeting into the next step? So I've got my water because thirsty. If you want to succeed professionally, the worst thing you can do is just focus on the work. Success is about your relationships, and those relationships include the relationship with your boss, the relationship that you have with your peers, the relationship that you have with your employees, your customers, all of your relationships with everyone in your work ecosystem. I'm going to talk about some ways to refresh your relationships this summer And I have homework because I really, I'm giving homework because I I, I was saying this the other day. So I posted on my Instagram that I wanted to get 800 comments before I released this podcast, which I knew was an impossible goal, but like, that's what we do. Impossible goals, right? And it'd be nice if it happened, but it didn't happen. And I'm like, I'm going to release it anyway. But I feel like I, what I'm noticing about a lot of us is that we're just digesting content and we're not doing any work, you know, and we think that digesting the content is doing the work. So I'm going to listen to the Summer Refresher podcast series and I did something for the summer. That's not it, sis. That is not it. You have to actually do something to do the work, you know, and I think it's just reminding ourselves that showing up to the event is not the work. 
listening to the podcast is not the work. Um, and so I really want to make sure that I am giving some assignments and that we are doing them and that you are checking in. And even if you don't feel comfortable checking in with me by way of social media, that you are checking in either with yourself or with an accountability partner. So I think you're going to like this one. Number one, and these are just number, you guys know, I try to really organize these things, but I start just running off the plug, if you will, in various directions. And so because it's, I'm feeling good about where I'm going. So it's somewhat organized, but just follow me. Number one, if you don't know how to schmooze, it's time to practice. First of all, my leak, what is schmoozing? The quick definition to schmoo- to schmooze is to converse informally, to chat or to chat in a friendly and or persuasive manner, especially so as to gain favor, business, or connections. While the definition says to gain favor, you should approach all networking from the standpoint of ways you can make other people more successful. What does that mean? If I'm going to schmooze as it relates to my profession, I'm going to tell you how I believe I can race your hair care brand to the top of the black hair conversation, which would in turn make you more successful. For those of you that don't know what I do for a living, I am the founder of a company called Curlbox and Curlbox is a monthly subscription service um, for women with naturally curly hair, black women, if you will. Uh, Curlbox.com if you care. But that is what I feel like I am bringing to the table as I am schmoozing is this is how I can help you make more money. So for those of you that are worrying about coming across as opportunistic when you approach things from this angle, um, this is how I can help you. It's not opportunistic if you're going to help them make money, raise their awareness, do something to help them that will maybe eventually bring them some money. So it doesn't have to be an immediate transaction, but you have something that you can bring to the situation to make sure that this is going to be a win-win for the two of you. And if you don't have this, don't worry, stick with this podcast because I have something for you if you if you don't have that. So the homework for this scenario is to figure out what you have to offer. Um, if you know what you offer, figure out how to explain what you do in a tangible way. If you can't, if you can't clearly explain what it is that you do, chances are it's not much. I'm not trying to step on your toes, but if you can't describe it in a sentence, it might be BS. It probably is BS and that's why you feel like you aren't being authentic, right? And so that is one of those, even when I said that, that kind of that kind of got me in the gut, like, damn, yikes. But it's true, right? So you ever meet somebody and it's like, okay, so what is your business? And they're like, well, it's for people to and it's like wait what is it and if you can't explain it and if it's out in the stars and someone who isn't in your world can't really understand it there's a chance that it might be bs and and you might need to fine tune that or you might need to actually you know do something that is easy easy to explain Keith Ferrazzi wrote a book titled Never Eat Alone, which I read back in the day. Still one of my favorite books. And he says to identify, oh, we're on point number two, by the way. So 
again, Keith Ferrazzi, he wrote this book, Never Eat Alone. And he says to identify the people in your industries who always seem to be out in front and use all the relationship skills you've acquired to connect with them. Take them to lunch, read their newsletters. In fact, read everything you can. And I like that point because if you maybe aren't in a situation where you can take somebody to lunch, you can digest all of their content, right? Um, Online, there are hundreds of individuals distilling information, analyzing it, and making prognostications. That's what he says. I didn't say that, but that's what he says. These armchair analysts are the eyes and ears of innovation. Now get online and read, 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 subscribe to magazines, buy books, and talk to the smartest people you can find. Eventually, he says, all this knowledge will build on itself and you'll start making connections others aren't. This is all true. All true. I can't tell you how many people I quote unquote know because they leave thoughtful comments on everything I post or they tweet me regularly with things they've picked up from the podcast. There are women that I've had drinks with because they've done really good breakdowns online of my podcast or they've just done something really good to get my attention. You can get to know people by doing things this way. You probably worry that this will get annoying. It's not. You aren't calling this person every day. You aren't texting this person every day. You're just keeping in in touch with them by letting them know that you see them. People like this. They do things in hopes to be seen. And by consistently seeing them, you will find yourself on their radar. So if someone's putting something out, it is not weird or strange or opportunistic opportunistic to write a genuine comment about what you received from their information. People do it with me all the time. I'll notice somebody who's constantly commenting. And then if they reach out to me about an interview, I'm like, you know what? I don't mind interviewing with this person because this is someone who regularly digests my content. So I know that if I speak to them, they're going to have well-researched questions, thoughtful questions. Um, They aren't going to ask me things that I've already answered a million times because they keep up with me. And so nothing is strange about that. Third point. So what's the next step? Um, I've met this person. We've had a meeting and I don't know how to keep in touch. So I want to talk about the art of following up. So our third point is following up after you've come into contact with someone that you want to try to establish more with. Uh, I think this is where some people maybe don't do as well. Follow up immediately after you meet. So if you have coffee at 10, follow up via email at 12 or via text message at 12, but you want to follow up within hours of meeting that person. Um, once you get that coveted coffee meeting or drinks or dinner, send a note after to say, thank you. Talk about the conversation, maybe send that link that you promised over, you know, you guys may have talked about something and you're like, Oh, have you read this article? Oh, I'll, I'll shoot it to you. Um, while you're there, Hey, this is that one book I was telling you about. And just mention that you'd love to stay in touch. If they don't respond, this is probably a connection that you don't even want. You have to keep that in mind. If it doesn't seem like it's sticking, it may not be the connection for you. Um, I'm in a friend group that I met at a conference a few few years back and we have a group chat. I would say that I'm super cool with two of the five women, 
Um, meaning since we met, I've, I talk on the phone with them. I text them from time to time. I FaceTime. I've been to their houses. I have brunch when they're in town. We support each other online, that kind of stuff. Um, there are two others that I would say that I'm cool with. I don't see them as much, but when I see them, it's all love. For one reason or another, that friend juju just doesn't stick as much between us. And it's no love loss. And there's also no need to force it. I don't start wondering what's wrong with me. I don't wonder why they connect with some of the other girls in the group more than they do me because because it just doesn't matter. Uh, my therapist used to have to always remind me that some things just don't work out. You know, every everything doesn't require an, an immediate evaluation of self. And, and I know a lot of us do that. I used to do that all the time. If a relationship didn't work, you know, romantic or not, I would immediately start trying to pull out things that I believed were flaws or things in the past that people had told me or even things that I had made up about myself as to why I may have run that person off. Maybe I maybe I said this too much. Maybe I'm too bold. Maybe I'm too I said this. And and something that I even get is when people go I'm intimidating. You know, I've I've taken that whole I've taken that whole sentence out of my vocabulary because I feel like a lot of us use it as a an, an escape and, and it be, it kind of like allows us to be lazy about doing the work to to have better relationships. It's like everybody's not intimidated by you. Some people, a couple people, a handful of people, i.e. nobody is intimidated by you, but that's just what we tell ourselves because it feels good, right? I'm not getting along with people because I'm just too good. <laughs> I'm too good. I get it. I get it. And it's that's just BS. And so just remove that. Just remove it. Not to say that it can't ever be true, but it's just like, stop leaning on that as the reason why you can't make friendships because you got people out here doing phenomenal things and they have bomb friend groups. And so you are not so dope that nobody can be your friend. So I'm going to get into some of my very specific hacks that I do to make sure that I have strong relationships. And I'm like, these are like major, major, major cheat codes, major cheat codes. I'm going to share them and you're going to be like, they weren't that serious, but I really do think they're serious because I don't think I've ever shared these before. And when I tell you they work, like they work. Okay. They work. So my first trick of the trade is to never overstay your welcome. Set a time limit. Even if you don't have anywhere to go, act like you have somewhere to go because nothing is more attractive than being busy. Nothing. Always set a time limit during your early meetings with people. Those first meetings, the first time you're sitting down with somebody, even if you're excited, set a time limit. Do not ever stay longer than one hour, okay? Even if the conversation is getting good, you have to leave people wanting more of you, more of your time. And guess what that also does? It opens the door for another meeting, but we are not finished. We're not finished. We're not finished, you know? Oh my God, girl, what time is it? I gotta go. Yes, I've gotta head out of here. It's 2.52, because that's what time it is right now. It's 2.52 and I've gotta get out of here by three o'clock. But why don't we get together next week or in a couple weeks? Or I can call you or text you. You see what I'm doing here? I'm finding authentic ways to keep in touch. My other hack, my other little cheat code is something, it's the CQ. Compliment, then question. 
If you don't think you're that interesting, get interested in the person in front of you. Ask them questions because everyone loves talking about themselves. I've said this a million times, but make it good. Compliment something on them or about them that you love and then inquire about it. Oh, that's lovely. What, you know, maybe what made you decide to buy that? And I don't know what it is, but sometimes you can ask that question. Oh, is that a family heirloom? Did you get that on your trip? Um, why do you love visiting there so much? Uh, where are you headed next? Um, those are ways that if you don't have the best conversation skills, just CQ, compliment and question. My other trick of the trade is to do something off of your beaten path and out of your comfort zone. It gives you something to talk about, even if it's, can you believe I did X, Y, Z? You know, I went to Paris by myself once, easily the scariest thing I had done at the time. There were so many little rich details that made for interesting conversation over the years. You know, I, from just the way that I had taken the flight and the hotel that I stayed at and I ate at Verjou in Paris and they're on Instagram as Verjou Paris. And what's crazy is that, um, I didn't know this at the time, but like Jay-Z and Beyonce had eaten there. And, you know, you, you should get the drink that you wouldn't normally try. And if you don't even know where to begin, go somewhere and ask the person for the most popular thing there. There's a reason it's the most popular and that's a talking point. Find out what's happening right under your nose in your town. What's the best restaurant in your city rated by the local paper? What about the New York Times? Go to those places. Order one thing, the most popular thing. Talking point. Who makes the best cocktail in your city? Go have it. Talking point. Who has the best architecture in your city? Go see it. Talking point. What's the most Instagram location in your city? Go see it. Talking point. What's coming to town? Even if you're not going, just knowing is a talking point. If you go to the show, talking point. A concert, go, talking point. When we learn new things, we like to share those things. And those are our talking points. So my bonus for this is I want to squash a few myths about being shy. I feel like a lot of people say that they're shy, but they're not really shy, right? Or they think that because they are shy that they're introverted and that's not true being shy doesn't mean you're introverted and being shy doesn't mean you don't like yourself and i think sometimes we trick ourselves um, into thinking that because we're shy that means we don't like ourselves and that's not necessarily the case so some of us are shy because we were labeled shy as a kid and we've just kept that party going when we really aren't even shy um you have to get to the root of the shyness, um, if you have a weak self-image or you don't know how to take compliments, shyness is a symptom of a much larger problem and I recommend getting some professional help for that high therapy. You know, I'm never gonna not recommend that. Um, the best thing that I read online for overcoming shyness um, is an article on WikiHow titled, very simply, How to Overcome Shyness. I'll link it in the notes, but here are the cliff notes. Let me get a sip and then I'm going to get into the cliff notes. Number one, get to the root of the shyness, like I just mentioned. Number two, accept it. Number three, find out your triggers. Next, make a list of situations that make you feel anxious. Conquer the list. Use shyness as a cue. 
Place your attention on others. Visualize what success looks like for you in relating to others. Practice good posture. I find that a lot of people, you, if you scan a room and you can always tell who the most confident person is because sis has her head high, shoulders tucked back straight. And it's like, who is that? And sometimes just by fixing our posture, we get that confidence that we need. And I don't know if the article said this, but I'm just pontificating on what I know to be true. Um, next it says, practice speaking clearly to yourself. And that is something that I have done for a long time, believe it or not. I don't have to do it much anymore, but I, you know, reading aloud when you're in the second grade still works when you're in your 20s and your 30s. And I used to read articles in papers or in books, read things that were out of my scope. So, you know, I, if there was something that I didn't know much about, I would read the article about it out out loud because I felt like that would force me to learn how to pronounce things. And so if you come across a term that you don't understand, you can just go to YouTube and YouTube has a pronunciation for everything. If I would come across words or topics in as I'm reading something aloud that I didn't understand, I would take a deeper dive about it because that is what helps you speak confidently about things. You know, that shyness, that relating, that networking, when you're having to have conversations, you know, it's as simple as if you're going to a dinner or you know you're going to have to order something, go online read the menu. And if you don't know what fogwa or however the heck it is, figure out how to say it and figure out what the heck it is. Okay. If you don't, if you've never, if you know, you don't know how to properly pronounce some of the wines, go ahead and do that because you can. And there's nothing silly about doing the work ahead of your meeting. I used to do that all the time. When I told you guys the story at the beginning of this podcast, when I made it my business to start going out and meeting with people, if you think for two seconds that I didn't, number one, look up the menu before I got there. Number two, have an idea of what direction I was going to, going to go in in terms of ordering. Number three, looking at whatever was on the list that I didn't understand because it's okay if you don't know it. It's okay if you don't know it, but guess what? You can learn it. So if you go on the list and you don't know what this is, you look it up, you figure out what's in it. And if you need to make some modifications, just already have an idea of what you're doing. Don't go in um, feeling blind. And I feel like this goes to back to number four, make a list of the things that make you feel anxious. If that's something that you know is going to make you feel anxious, because that was my thing. I never wanted to sit down at a dinner that I'm getting to know somebody. And within the first 10 minutes, you know, I'm now coming across like, I don't know what the heck is going on because I'm looking at a menu that I'm unfamiliar with. And just having that confidence would set the tone for the rest of the dinner meeting or, or having drinks. Okay. Where, where am I? So I, I was on practice good posture and I, I, I went off on a tangent. But next, no, no, practice. I, I did practice speaking clearly to yourself. Uh, don't compare, compare yourself to others. Identify your social value and strengths. Don't get caught up in labels. I feel like so many people are doing that. And I don't know if it's just me and definitely tweet me about this, Instagram me about this. But I feel like a lot of us, 
and I'm just assuming that young or young or older, I don't know, women are listening to me. And we are in this era now and, and things are constantly changing. But we're in this era where if somebody hasn't chosen you to speak on so-and-so's panel, I feel like we are all measuring ourselves up against that. Okay. And I just don't want you to be comparing yourself to that or not feeling like you 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 have value because no one has sort of selected you to do that. And I feel like we've gotten to the point that now girls are just clicking up and being like, hell, we can already have something. We speaking on our own panel. And it's just becoming this explosion of if your face isn't on a on a panel that we we don't feel like we fit. And that's just not true. It's not the case. And there was a time when nobody invited me to do anything anywhere and I still was just fine, okay? And now sometimes I turn down a lot of things mainly because I really just wanna put my head down and focus on my craft. It's like I need to put my head down and and if that's what you feel like you need to do, that's fine. Get informed. Think of conversations in stages. Start a conversation the point 18 that I like is warm up, you know, don't go into something cold, warm up. And and a part of my warm up, if I was going to a dinner would be to make sure that I had something to talk about, you know, if it was news for the day, and it, it can be news that you care about. I prefer that it not be gossip, because I just that's not, unless you're getting paid to gossip, that's kind of like off brand. So tee up some have some conversation that's on brand for you. If it's the latest professional news, you know, the latest professional news in your field, um, warm up by knowing what's on the menu, warm up by, you know, sort of having a game plan. So definitely warm up, look and act approachable, smile and make eye contact. A lot of you don't do that. Um, think about your body, your posture again, um, set goals for yourself, find what's comfortable for you, Practice placing yourself in not so comfortable conversations. Introduce yourself to one new person each day and record your success. Um, It's a really extensive list. And if you go, like I said, I'm going to link this, but it's like pages long of how to overcome shyness. And I believe that this will actually work because it's really good. Um, But I I mean, the thing was so long that I just kind of I kind of recorded some of the points. Um, and they say by recording your success, which I believe just about anything, you can see the progress, you know, and that's just motivation and just knowing that all of this is doable. So this summer, after you've refreshed your hustle, let's go ahead and refresh our relationships. And, you know, I am going to be reaching out to some people. I've got some travel coming up this summer because I just, I keep in touch with people and I I feel like that refreshing my relationship is a place that I shine. So this was definitely more of a sharing podcast for me. It is something that I believe I do well. And so I wanted to share those things with you. And I always say that I, I credit the majority of any success that I have to the, to the relationships because having good relationships, um, has accelerated my career in the sense that people introduce me, people are doing the work, people around me are doing the work for me. So my introductions are made for me, I get connected quicker, you know, people are constantly plugging me in, I have people vouching for me. And so having good reputation, reputation, that's, that's a good point too. I talked about reputation at Women Evolve. So clearly I am, um, 
I'm, I'm falling into that trap. But if you haven't seen my Woman Evolve talk, it is on the Woman Evolve with Sarah Jakes Roberts. She has the app going and you can watch it um, there. But, you know, just by keeping my relationships good, uh, I feel like a lot of the work gets done for me. And so that's just something that you want to think about is that I do believe that my career has been accelerated by that. And I think just making sure that you do right by people. A lot of us are afraid to be a stand-up person at all times because of what I believe to be fear. So when I'm in situations and people kind of do me wrong or shady or they do something that I just think is kind of uncouth, the thing that really sort of grounds me in that and makes it so that I I can literally let it roll off of me is that that person is afraid. That person is afraid that they can't get ahead by being themselves or that person is afraid that if they don't do this, they're going to fail. And when I just put it there, I'm just like, this is somebody who's operating in fear and I'm not operating in fear. And because I'm not operating in fear, I know that I don't have to hurt anyone to get ahead. I don't have to do anything outside of my character to get ahead because I am not afraid. So that's all I got for you today. Tweet me. Let me know what you loved about this podcast, what you're going to be working on, how you've been refreshing your hustle. And I'm going to be back. You will get another podcast from me. My plan is to drop these as they come to me uh, before summer in. So I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.